Hello and welcome to Developing the Leader Within Podcast, an award-winning podcast where I interview the top players in the leadership arena and we dissect leadership, management, and career development from all angles. My name is Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez and I use my more than 20 years of experience in leadership development to dig deep into complex issues and bring you the answers you were looking for. If a topic resonates with you and you would like to explore how to overcome it, reach out to me at calendly.com backslash triad leadership solutions to discuss ways to succeed. Welcome back to Developing the Leader Within Podcast as we address leadership from different angles to bring you what you need to succeed. Today I have with me Sage Thacker. Sage is owner and chief civility officer of Train Extra and chief culture officer at Nobody Studios. She is also a two-time TEDx speaker, which has changed since we last spoke. Uh, and also my twin in the West Coast. This is something that you'll hear about later. If you go to our live, you'll see a little bit about that as well. Sajel, thank you and welcome to the show. My God, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to have this wonderful conversation. Always great to see you. Uh, same here. And last time we spoke for an hour, we were chatting uh, in, uh, before the show. Um, uh, this time, we want to concentrate on leaders because I know that there's a lot that has changed uh, in civility and culture in the last two years since we spoke alone, which is over a, a bit about a year. Um, but before we get into that conversation, tell us a little bit about you. So, as you know, um, I have an employment law background. I was a defense attorney for a number of years. I did that until my son was born and decided that I wanted to be at home with him. So I've been sort of dabbling in my own business for a while, went back to work and then finally found my sweet spot of really focusing in on helping creating better workplaces. Um, as an attorney, I just saw so much happening in the workplace that I'm like, we can do better to help create better workplaces proactively. So Enrique, that's what I'm doing right now is just focusing in on working with companies all over the globe now with how do we do this? You know, how, how do we help create better leaders and better companies rather than waiting for the lawsuit to come when nobody really wins at that point? So that's a little bit about what I'm doing. And I'm sure we'll talk about more as we get going here. Uh, absolutely. And hindsight is not the place you want to be at when you're talking about legal and anything like that. Um, so, Sage, we have spoken on and off. We supported each other on LinkedIn. Um, I love what you're doing uh, with Nobody Studios. But we all seek and search for what we want to do in life. You found it in civility and culture. So why that for you? Yeah, you know, it's 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 something that started a long time ago for me as far as civility goes. You know a little bit of my background story, but, you know, I dealt with harassment discrimination at a young age. So I always wanted to figure out ways that we can be more inclusive and help people in feeling more of a sense of belonging. So this was something that was way before even law school. Um, but once I got into law school, I realized that, you know, employment law is the area where, 
I, it kind of fell into my lap. But once I started doing employment law, I realized that this is a small enough universe for me to be able to make a difference in, right? So I would love to work and change the entire world, which I'm trying to do in some ways, but at least in the employment law context, I knew the law. This is where an area I could focus in on. So I started doing that work and I realized that people just aren't educated and there's a huge lack of awareness. So that sort of found its way into the whole culture piece, right? So civility and culture are so intertwined that it just became a natural sort of progression after my law career, focusing just on employment law. So it just kind of opened up really nicely in, in my career. And, you know, that uh, you mentioned, you know, things falling into your lap, but you found that in this particular realm, you could actually make a difference. A lot of people are looking for that. Um, some, you know, go different ways. I know I am where I have always wanted to be, but didn't know it, right? You, you find those things out through, uh, through life, but making a change in civility, making a change in culture, some people have these two things confused. So what's the difference between the two? Great question. You know, um, culture really is based on the people that are within the organizations, right? It's based off of their actions, whether directly or indirectly. What the employees in the organization do, say, believe is going to impact the culture of the company, whereas civility is really a subset of that, looking at those behaviors to say, what is acceptable behavior within our organization, within our culture, and what is not acceptable within our culture? And this is where, you know, I really found that there were a lot of gaps. So companies were talking about how they wanted to create these amazing cultures, and they were talking about, you know, here's what we're doing to create, a, you know, a diversity and inclusion culture. But there was this piece of civility where I felt like they weren't doing it early enough. So they were a lot of organizations were waiting till something, a complaint was filed or a lawsuit before they dealt with these uncivil behaviors. And so when I talk about uncivil behaviors, it's everything. It's not just your illegal behavior, right? It's talking about unprofessional behavior, your rude behaviors, your abusive kind of bullying. And so really focusing in on not just your culture, but where are we putting the resources and money behind making sure we have a civil culture, right? And so that's really where, where I decided to focus my workshops on is how do we create civility at work? Culture has a lot more pieces that go into it. Like you need to look at diversity. You need to look at inclusion. You need to look at belonging. So culture is just the overall umbrella and civility is just a slice of that. And a very important slice because, you know, through uh, civil or uncivil type of actions, you could really derail the trajectory, the longevity of a company right from inside. You don't even have to have external influences in this in this uh, regard to truly impact your uh, organization in a in a negative way. Um, now, a lot has changed since we spoke last. We were about maybe seven, eight months into the pandemic, people were just starting to unravel and go into, you know, uh, working from home. And we were just chatting about, you know, hey, the uncertainty of it all. And out of all the things that have changed, what have you seen 
improve in civility and culture with within you know with companies during the last two years? You know, I've, I've been working with companies my whole career and working with leadership specifically. And I'll tell you, I have seen some really positive changes in the, since we've spoken even, you know, but just specifically in the last couple of years, seeing some really good stuff, really just leadership finally understanding that they need to address bias within their organizations, which has a huge impact on culture, huge impact on civility. So I'm doing a lot more unconscious bias facilitations and trainings and conversations with companies than I ever did before, which is huge because you have to address those in-group, out-group dynamics that exist in every organization. You have to address power dynamics. You have to address your norms and practices. And all of that is rooted around bias. And so seeing that is a huge positive change that really gives me a lot of hope. And I see a possibility with that work, um, especially because you know that that unconscious bias is just this huge area where there's a lack of awareness out there. And so that's really positive that we're doing more conversations around that piece. The other piece that I feel like organizations are doing is really putting their money behind their commitments on diversity and inclusion efforts. I've seen organizations really, you know, walking their talk, which is something, again, prior to the last couple of years, you heard about it, but you don't really see it as much. I'm definitely seeing it more and more in, in the people that I'm working with and organizations having really hard conversations about topics like microaggressions. That was unheard of. I mean, you know, really, really unheard of. You might have talked about microaggressions in an educational environment, like where I worked prior to starting my own company at UCSF or some of the other you know, educational type environments, but you didn't hear about it in corporate culture, microaggressions. That was like, not a phrase we heard of, and now we're actually talking about it. So those are just some of the things that I think are just exciting. And, you know, and I'll just add that, you know, this isn't going to be something that happens overnight, cultural change. You know, it's really, we have to be patient. We're, we're really just every little thing and, and just acknowledging and celebrating that we are doing those things is going to take us a lot further than saying we should be here now. It's just, you know, it's it's depending on the culture, it might take a little bit longer to get it where everybody feels like this is where we want to work, but it's happening. So it's super exciting. Yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, within how people think uh, the last two years, I've noticed a change on how long we hold on to things <laughs> because um, when people are quick to say, okay, that's it. Um, they'll move on. And there's a lot of things that we've moved on from since we spoke last two things that have happened since we uh, uh, discussed civility at the at first set was that you have spoken twice at TEDx. So tell me a little bit about that experience and what you spoke about. Yeah, so I can't believe it. I honestly cannot believe it. But yeah, so the first talk came out actually right after we spoke. Um, and I was remembered I was prepping for it. I was like, I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, so um, so that one was really talking about the, it's called the pain, the power and paradox of bias. And really, again, you know, as, as, as you know, I'm very passionate about this topic. So when I started doing the workshops on this, I realized that there was just a lack of awareness on bias in general. There's a negative connotation associated with the word itself. And because people shut down when they hear it, 
they're not open to doing the work to identify their own and, and, and implement strategies. So in that talk, I, I break down bias from three different viewpoints. And I really share a story about when I was a victim of it. There's a twist in the story where, you know, now I was a victim, but now I was defending those that were being accused of discriminating and hurting others and kind of what I learned in that journey. And then really going behind the science of unconscious bias and providing a framework that I created uh, a hat framework to help people mitigate their bias. So that's the first one. And then the second one I just did this past weekend on Saturday is really about how to, it's called how to harness the power of exclusion and go from uh, longing to belonging. And that really is just focusing more on my story of the duality of being between the Indian and American culture and how that impacted my life. And also just, you know, where you don't have a lot of support and resources. Like I think a lot of people, especially immigrants, you know, immigrant children born in this country don't have a lot of resources when they're being harassed or bullied or dealing with those duality issues when they're growing up it really impacts us. And that exclusion or feeling of not belonging is really painful. So how can we take that, those painful experiences and turn them into our power to really figure out that, you know what, at the end of the day, you have to find a sense of belonging inside of you and then look for it outside. And so I, I've created a, a, a new power framework that I share with people in that talk about how they can go about doing that. Well, I love that, uh, being that this is developing the leader within, <laughs> you know, uh, from inside out is really where all the benefits of a change really happen. Because if it's all external, you know, you'll just forget uh, that it ever happened. But when it's internal, it lives with you. And so I love that. Now, uh, talking about uh, a sense of belonging, you know, leaders have a role in how people feel like they belong in a team and a group and organization. So what are some things leaders can do to create civility and enhance the culture in their teams? Yeah. You know, I, the, I've been saying this forever, but the, my biggest, what, what I'll tell you is two things, you know, having a flexible leadership approach is a key component to being a good leader right now. We've our whole lives, I feel like it's been the other way around. It's like, we need to conform. We need to change our actions to match the leader's style. It's where that hasn't worked, obviously. <laughs> um, but that's why we have the great resignation. But um, it has to be the other way around. So the best thing leaders can do is really have a, a situational approach, which each employee if you want your employee to belong, you have to get to know that employee as their unique self and tailor your approach, your leadership style to help support that employee. So that's number one. Number two, as far as you know, the civility thing, I say in all of the years that I've been practicing law, right, this is the biggest lesson I can share with every leader on the planet, right, is the best defense to lawsuits, is to try to prevent them from happening in the first place, right? So rather than being reactive, look at how you can be proactive in identifying issues that are happening in your organization and creating psychological safety so that your team feels comfortable coming to you with whatever issues they're having rather than go blast it on LinkedIn or Facebook or file a lawsuit, right? If you can create that environment of safety, 
that it, you've succeeded as a leader because even if it's bad news, you would rather hear about it from your team and do something about it rather than clean up the mess later, right? And I'm actually going to be putting a post out right before we talked. I came up with this post and it goes right to this question is, you know, we know there's so much statistics and research out there about how much we spend cleaning up toxic work environments. There's so much data. We both know it. We both have seen it. We both have read the reports. My question is, is, and maybe you know the answer to this and I just don't, is how much are companies spending on proactively designing and creating psychologically safe cultures? I don't know the answer to that. Maybe you do, but my guess is it's a lot less than they're spending on cleaning up toxic work environments. Like that's just my guess. I don't know. Maybe you, you can let me know if you know of the study on that or the research. I would love to get my hands on that data. So, <laughs> Well, you and I both will be looking for it, but as a practitioner of leadership development and companies, what I see is that they don't put their money mm-hmm. into things proactively. It's yes. always hindsight. And we mentioned, oh, I mentioned this earlier, right? Hindsight is not the position you want to be in when you talk about legal, right. uh, because it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. So uh, we'll both look for that data and hopefully yeah. we can educate uh, some people. But we do know that in order to get to a place where you're not facing the legal side of uh, representation, right? Legal representation. You have to think about these things proactively and enact them when you can. Now, talking about leadership and being proactive, what are some areas that leaders can start looking at uh, so that they can uh, create and and start doing some things to help civility and culture? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest tool is feedback. Get feedback from your teams, right? And and do it regularly, not just your once a year, like, you know, here's our attempt at trying to figure out what's going on, right? This has to be a regular thing where you're constantly asking for feedback on your processes, on your procedures, meetings, you know, how can we improve our interactions with each other? But getting that feedback from your employees is super important because there is no... Every culture is different because the people within that company are different. And so to create a plan, you have to know what you're working with and you have to get to the root cause of issues, right? So for example, when a when an employee files a complaint and you do an investigation, right? Instead of just looking for legal compliance on whether you've checked all the boxes and you've completed the investigation, Look deeper than that to figure out, wait, is there a pattern of this type of behavior that's happening rather than just you know, checking a box and getting it off your desk? So looking at getting to the root cause of the issue rather than putting band-aids is a huge thing to go at it from a proactive perspective. Get the feedback from your employees. Training, huge area, you know, especially with middle managers, and again, you, you know, I, I, maybe you're seeing this in the work that you're doing too, but I'm seeing middle managers struggling right now. They don't feel adequately prepared to deal with all of the issues we're dealing with, virtual work. How do you build psychologically safety when you're not working together, when you're not seeing each other? I mean, the work that I'm doing at Nobody Studios, I've only met my entire team one time, right? Yet we have to create that psychological safety even though we're not there face-to-face. So people are struggling with some new issues that we just haven't dealt with before. COVID, 
every other day there's something new going on with that. So training has to be a huge part of it. And middle managers have to be empowered to make more decisions. We can't be just, you know, like, look, issue escalation cannot be the culture. You know, it has to be issue resolution. So training your middle managers on how do we resolve issues, not just pump them to HR or to legal, right? That should be the last thing. And now, obviously, there are certain things you have to follow your company policies on, right? But, but yeah, there's just so much that I think we can deal with. And I, I, again, I think the norm has changed with respect to culture. So being proactive about looking at what are the new practices and customs and policies that we want everybody to follow and how are we communicating that? So there's just so much work that I think needs to be done because we're in a new time and a new place. And we're going in a different direction now than we were before. So, yeah. So those are just some helpful tips. Oh, outstanding. And I tell you folks that if you are in leadership right now and you're struggling to find, you know, and make <laughs> and to meet in terms of these two topics we've been talking about and Sage is the person you want to talk to, get some training, external training. Now, you know, train extra is, is, is probably jumping out the bit trying to get to, to to educate some companies and there are people out there that are educated that are experienced and can train your teams all you have to do is reach out so talking about that sage how can they get a hold of you if they want that type of training sure yeah so you can you know if you're on linkedin connect with me on linkedin follow me on linkedin as you know i am i am always putting out resources that deal with culture civility unconscious bias leadership i'm always looking for good information because frankly there isn't that much and especially on social media you just don't know what you should believe so i go out of my way to find resources that are actually helpful and positive in creating better workplaces. So LinkedIn and then my website, trainextra.com. There's no E in the extra. I have all of my courses that I offer. You know, I do everything now virtually so I can tra train anywhere in the world. So that, you know, so that's a great way to get a hold of me. And, and again, again, happy to share resources on this topic as well. So if you're just looking for some books or information, I'm happy to guide you in, in the right direction. So don't reach, don't hesitate to reach out. Outstanding, folks. I'm going to have that information as part of the show notes and the video so you can get a hold of Sejo and Train Extra. Uh, Sejo, it's been so good to have this time to speak to you, catch up. Uh, so proud of you, what you've been doing at the TEDx. I know that I'm in a pipeline sometime down the road, um, <laughs> and, and I'll be excited for that. And then we can share that. But folks, if you've enjoyed this episode and learned something interesting about the topic covered today, make sure to subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever you can right now. Uh, we're always looking for new ideas and guests to add to our show. So if you know someone or have a topic that you would like for us to feature on the podcast, we love to hear about it by emailing us at triadleadershipsolutions at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode where we dissect leadership from another angle. And as we love to end the show, success to you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, 
You can follow me on Instagram at Triad Leadership Solutions and on Twitter at TLS underscore FL. Thanks again. I'll see you next week and success to you.